welcome back to Not So Southern Gentlemen. I'm Rick. And I'm Sean. And we're coming at you this week with episode 12. Today is June 26, 2016. Yeah, yeah, man. I tell you, I'm ready for this episode. I have, uh, <laughs> I've got a ton of comics that are waiting to be reviewed. I worked a little overtime, and then I went into the comic book store and little went a haywire. Yeah, well... I went in my local comic book shop, a la Hastings, and they had absolutely nothing. They had a hell of some sales going on, which is a bad sign for Hastings, because uh, I haven't heard any news until me and you just spoke about a little rumor you may have heard. Yeah, I uh, I spoke to the manager of the local one where I live, and she said they had a buyer in earlier this week, and they were just looking at restructuring and I asked specifically about the comic books. And she said, of course we're going to keep comics. We are the world's nation's largest comic book distributor. Take that for what you will. You know, it's the word of one manager saying that they're just going to restructure. And that's good news for us because that means we get to keep something. But uh, remind me later. Oh, well, actually, we can talk about it right now. I, uh, I also went... Because Hastings hadn't updated their comic book supply, I just went there for bags, boards, and long boxes. So I went to our local comic book store, uh, Kapow Comics, and I went in there and was speaking to the owner, very nice gentleman, and he was saying he had seen already an upspike in his sales just due to Hastings being dropped off in the past two weeks. Now, he was saying... He was hoping this was going to be a permanent thing, but at the same time, it could just be a temporary spike in his sales, but he was enjoying the spike in sales quite a bit. Right, which honestly, I mean, uh, before Hastings started this big push on comics, I mean, their market should have been at the store, but hopefully, what, what would hopefully happen is if Hastings does lose that market is that they brought in new customers and now they're thirsty for more and they will find those local comic book shops which of course us in you know in the know comic book shops have been our bread and butter for years they, they've been the watering hole and the the place where uh, we all have come together and met new friends and and discovered new stories and new books and all that kind of thing and we really hate to move forward in the digital age and, and leave those guys out in the cold which like I said before, I don't think that comic books as a medium will ever go away. Unfortunately, those brick-and-mortar stores, if they don't find a way to make themselves relevant and stay in the game, may not be a part of the future. And that's that's something I don't want to happen. So please go out and support your local comic book store, especially like Kapow Comics. That's right. They were really awesome. Another thing that I just thought of that we can discuss is he did bring up one point that I would like to get your point of view on. Since you do have small children, or I say you, you, you have your son that's 11 that you probably take with you to a comic book store. And we may be covering this topic on multiple things. Etiquette. He said during the spike of the Hastings customer coming in, he has had to remove several comic books from his own shelves because of the normal guy coming in and bringing his children in and allowing them to just grab a comic hand you know wad it up and sit down on the floor and start reading and 
treating comics in a what we would consider a, a disrespectful manner, ruining any value that it may hold in any future. And we we had a pretty good discussion about that. Uh, I, what what do you? I mean, I'm sure your children are well taught on what to do and not to do inside a comic book store. Well, yeah, I'm, a true comic book store. I'm just naturally a bag and board kind of guy. I read. I keep. You know, I want to keep it not for value. I don't believe. And, you know, I'm going to keep this and send my children to college, you know. But I, I, I like keeping my comics, you know, in the condition they're in. I mean, it's just a thing that was in me. Like any any older comic I've, I've ever gotten, I want to keep in the best condition that I've, that I've got it. And I have taught my children, you know, whenever Logan goes into a comic book store, he will grab one, he will sit down, and he will very gently open it he knows not to bend the spine or to fold the pages or anything like that but the little one is is he pfft, he's not old enough to know anything so right right oh which i agree with you know i constantly have to be wary of any comics i leave on my desk now that my son is tall enough to grab the top of the desk and walk off he can be quick and snatch i i I just don't leave any of the older comics no silver age or anything gets left on top of the desk it all goes back in the long box as soon as i'm done with it because i just don't even want to risk it and before we get too far off the subject i did want to go back to hastings restructuring now if it's true that they have found a new buyer and if they are going to restructure that could be a great thing or it could be a tire fire you know a hastings store as it was before their big change two or three years ago where they added comic books they added records i understand right vinyl they added a vinyl collection i understand in the big cities there's there's a more let's say a there's a different kind of nerd culture and it's called hipsters i mean that's fine if you're a hipster i mean if you want to be on the the bleeding edge of socialism not well that's that's all yeah that's already the wrong word (laughs) no 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 please delete that no 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 Yeah, not not the bleeding edge of Bernie Sanders. I mean, the bleeding edge of of cultural, you know, hey, I want to be out there. Oh, this is fresh, uh, you know, and and suddenly we're back on vinyl. We're typing on typewriters. We're we're wearing mismatched Chuck Taylors, you know. I don't know what's going on with that, but if that's something you enjoy, fine. Revel in it. I, I don't care, but middle of Batesville, Arkansas probably doesn't need a whole bunch of LPs sitting around in a in a store not making money. Bunch a, a row of record players is not going to sell here, you know. I I don't know how they're not shopping their market correctly. I right. mean, they're just overloaded with just crap that I I'm a pop culture guy and I think, yeah, if I had if I didn't have money didn't worry about money. I could buy a ton of this stuff, but I do worry about money and I'm not buying anything but the stuff I love. So, and I'm the guy on the fringe of that. You know, I don't see where all of this stuff they have is going to be something is... they buy. At the core of Hastings, Hastings is always win books, music, and movies. And I do, I do know that in the modern age, a lot of that stuff is going digital. And right. they're trying to figure right. all that out and trying to niche some stuff into the market that, that improves their business, that raise their sales, that raise their uh, people walking through the door. You know, that that's all great. But I'm, I'm not a business major, but I can just walk in there and see the dust on the items and know stuff isn't working right. And I'm hoping 
if they if they do restructure, which would be the great thing, we do not want them to shut down at all. That is the only source of this kind of stuff in the town I live in. Now, of course, in Little Rock, you have a few more options, but uh, my other option is Walmart or the dollar store, and that's that's really a non-option. Right. So I am I champion the return and and restructure of Hastings, but I I I hope that we don't lose comics and lose a lot of the stuff uh, that that we love. So. That's where well, I stand on that. Like I guess like I said, uh, the lady I spoke to seemed fairly confident on comics staying around if the restructure occurred. She, because that was the one thing I asked about. And she goes, "Oh yeah." She goes, "We'll lose everything else, but we're keeping the comics." So my guess is they're going to stick with, uh, you know, the novelties and the comics. Right, and I hope that's true. Uh, let's talk about something topical. It looks like everybody and their mother found Dory this week. So Dory yeah. is sitting at uh, $186 million that will finish the weekend, estimated. To put that in perspective, during Captain America Civil War's whole run, it made $404 million domestically. It's already three-quarters of the way there in one week. Wow. And I haven't seen it. My son's not old enough to sit through a movie yet, so... Going to the theater is something I reserve for uh, (laughs) big-time comic book movies when I can try to sneak away. Yeah, my family will be. uh, I may not be going, but I know my wife is taking my littlest, and her sister and her littlest are going to go see it. So I will be contributing to that number. Another thing that happened this week is I did take my son and his cousin to see Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles out of the shadow. Okay, let's hear it. Well... Uh, it was it was pretty much what I thought it was going to be. I mean, I had fun first of all. It was it was a fun movie. It is. Several people have asked me, is it better than the first movie? It's not as good as the first movie as a movie. Okay, the first movie is a better made movie. Okay, but the second one is a better. Let me retract that. The first one they went okay. This is what it's based on. Let's take some of this. Let's make it realistic. Let's make it humorous. And we got something out there. It's an okay popcorn movie. The right. second one, they went, screw it. Let's make the cartoon. <laughs> really? And as it turns out, it's a pretty great popcorn movie of the cartoon come to life. It's kind of a better movie in that way. I enjoyed it more than the first movie. So it was okay. not a waste of money to take my uh, my son and his cousin to see it. So so let me let me go through the checklist. We have off where the turtles represented. Check. We have Master Splinter. Check. We have Shredder. Check. Krang. Check. Bebop and Rocksteady. Double check. Casey Jones. Check. Baxter Stockman. Check. Oh my god. Uh I can't think of anybody else right off the top of my head. Well you so. Usagi Yojimbo was not in it. I'm sorry. That, that that's you don't get the golden check mark there. But wow. uh now Stephen Amell, who is Arrow on the CW, was right. in the movie. He played Casey Jones. What? Uh he brought something to it. I mean, he was his performance was okay for what he was doing. I mean, he's nothing's going to win an Oscar in this movie. But he didn't deter from the movie. Megan Fox, of course, is the eye candy, and she does that very well. Uh, didn't have a problem with her acting. Uh, he is also eye candy uh, for the females, and he did fine. Oh. The movie was really fun. The turtles were fun. Uh, Krang was... 
Krang was Krang. I mean, it was kind of funny to see him on screen, but really, so they they pulled it off. You you would say they pulled off Krang. Well, I'm not gonna it, I'm not gonna sing the movie's praises, but I mean, okay. like we're okay. Uh, or are we talking in in his walking body in yes, the in yeah. the humanoid body? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And where where Krang is talking to Shredder falls flat. I mean, it's just you're trying to have this stoic, awesome Japanese guy, you know, talking to this rubber brain coming out of the thing's chest. And that doesn't really work too well. I don't know how you would have done it better. It was fine. I mean, I'll I won't. I probably won't own. I don't own the first one, but it's constantly on Netflix, so that's probably the reason. The second one will probably be the same way. It'll just be on play whenever we want to see it. And uh, it's rewatchable, so I enjoyed it. That's good. That's awesome. Um, I'll probably wait for it to uh, come out on DVD, and then maybe I'll catch it streaming on a, uh, on a weekend or something. But you mentioned Stephen Amell, CW guy. And if we look at the CW here, we see, and I know you're a Flash fan, Season three of Flash is going to be Flashpoint Paradox. Now, how do you feel about that? Well, I feel well. Have, I mean, I mean, that's, have you? you do you that's know huge. the story of Flashpoint Paradox? I, I know the story of Flashpoint Paradox. Are we talking? <clears throat> Barry goes back in time and stops his mother's murder. Right, the last episode of the season, uh, spoilers of course, if you haven't watched it, this is a great show, you should have already watched it. Barry says goodbye to everybody after they've defeated the big bad for the season. He goes back in time to that fateful fight, so there are now three Flashes there. There is the Flash who came back in time to stop you aboard Thon. There's the Flash that the, the season ender of the first season shows up and waits and does not save his mother. Uh, right. Of course, holds her and talks to her before she dies. And then now this Flash shows up and stops you aboard Thon and saves his mother. The Flash from season one ender disappears and now he's replaced with the current Flash who saved his mother. Which, of course, Did they is go, how the you, Flashpoint Paradox started. And now we know the announcement was the season one episode, the season three, episode one, is entitled Flashpoint. Okay, so I gotta ask. I haven't watched it. Is he wearing the yellow suit? Like when he transferred over, did he go yellow? Eobard Thawne? Yes. Yeah, like, 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 is he wearing a yellow is, Flash is, suit? Eobard Thawne's suit, the reverse flash, is mostly yellow, but it's black. He's got black boots. Okay. Well, that's cool. It, it, it goes from yellow to black. Okay. Okay. So, I mean, this is this is a big undertaking, like, for something television-wise. Now, see... Now, they th- haven't said, this, before you get into I, it, they have not said they are going to do the entirety of Flashpoint Paradox. They have not said that this entire season is going to be him trying to get his powers back, talking to Thomas Wayne, who is the Batman. They haven't right. said anything about any of that stuff happening. They've just said... Okay, the I was gonna... The episode is called Flashpoint. Will they I was gonna ask, that? you know... Not know that would be amazing. Yeah. I mean, if we have Thomas Wayne and we have Batman, I've already seen the rumors as to who all wants to play Thomas Wayne. H- have you seen that list? Well, what I would do, no, I haven't, but what I would do, the first thing I would do is get he was Bruce's dad in Batman v Superman. Who do you think I want? I'm trying to think who was Bruce's dad in Batman v Superman. I don't know. 
Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Jeffrey Dean Morgan's exactly what I was going to say. But That's who I wanted. That's who I course, had already seen was rumored. I, I just didn't remember that was who was in the movie. But, of course, he is currently playing Negan in the next episode of Walking Dead, in the next season of Walking Dead, so that's probably right, right out. But, like I said, they haven't said anything about that happening, which I, I think it would be a huge mistake if they if they did this and did not do Thomas Wayne, they didn't do the Atlantid and Amazon fight. I mean, they could go bonkers. I mean, they're using it to explain how Super- Supergirl gets over to the CW universe, so... I don't know. I'm right. just excited. This is the DC thing I am most excited for is the t- their television. Right. I agree. And, uh, you know, speaking of DC television, there's, oh, I forgot where it was. We did have that, uh, you know, Young Justice season three. The writer had said that uh, to keep putting hashtag Young Justice or something and Netflix had a good possibility of picking up the season three. Yeah, you know, Young Justice was, of course, a great animated series that was cut short for stupid reasons. Uh, they couldn't sell toys, you know, suits. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I don't, I don't work in a boardroom, so I can't tell you. But if I would be as excited for the next season of Flash as I would be for the next season of Young Justice. Really solid storytelling, really great animation came out of that show. And we were we were sad. A bunch of my friends were sad to see that go. I know, I know. So maybe we just all need to keep bugging Netflix and eventually we'll get it. But did you see, <laughs> speaking of sad stuff, did you happen to see uh, Ben Affleck's interview on HBO? I did not, but you, t- you told me about this and I liked uh, I I believe he had... Uh, had a few too many, and then went on air. Batfleck did not put forth the best persona, I would say. Uh, he went on rants about how much Tom Brady haters suck and uh, how much he loves Tom Brady and that everything that's happened to him is so wrong and uh, that they're destroying Brady's rights and stuff by asking for his cell phone. And it it was just, it was very cringeworthy here's here's what I can say. I turned it off because I would rather watch the episode of The Office where Michael Scott offers free scholarships to all the disabled children and then has to take them back because he doesn't have the money. Affleck's interview was just as cringeworthy as The Office. It was horrible. Well, you got to remember, he is a Jersey boy. This is true. This is true. Um, here's something I'm excited to talk about, I, and I've mentioned this before. Common Rider may be getting an American release. Now, this is not saying like Common Rider is going to be on ABC or NBC or something like that. It looks like Amazon, through its Amazon Prime streaming service, is releasing a Common Rider exclusive show, Common Rider Amazon, which will be released in Japan first and possibly released on Amazon Prime in the U.S. Now, if you don't know what Kamen Rider is, it is a what's called a tokusatsu show, a superhero show in Japan, where the hero gets a suit that's bug-themed. It's not, not every time, but uh, it looks like a, a bug helmet. It's got the multi-eyes and that kind of thing. Sounds right. really stupid, but it's really kind of fun. Uh, if you've ever get a chance, watch some... Common Rider 4s, Common Rider W, 
look up some common uh, uh, Rider Skull. Look up some YouTube stuff. It's it's fun. I've watched a couple of seasons of it. Um, it's just it's just fun stuff to watch. I mean, and I'm, plus it gives you exposure to another culture, and uh, it, it's. Fun. I've never watched it. I'll have to check it out. Yeah, and I could give you some recommendations on what to look up because, uh, and and it, even even the listeners out there, if if you're interested in that kind of thing, send us a question. I could send you some links, and uh, and you can experience it for yourself. But uh, right now uh, on IO9, the article, the Common Rider TV show, they have a uh, a YouTube clip of it up. You can look it up there if you want to see some of that. And then my next article talks about something that's also very near and dear to my heart, but very mistakenly, I believe. <laughs> Several people got excited this week whenever a train showed up with some Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. logo branding and it had a flaming chain going across the entire train for the uh, roll-up to San Diego Comic-Con promotional material and everybody started screaming, Ghost Rider! And I'm like, no, that's Hellfire. He's been on the show. He has a flaming chain. Calm down, everybody. So... <laughs> Yeah, and uh, I, I would love more than anything for Ghost Rider. We know that Marvel has Ghost Rider back, but they have not done anything with him. I mean, that they got him back the same time they got Punisher and Daredevil. I'm a huge Ghost Rider fan. My first comic was a, was Ghost Rider. I was even excited for the Nick Cage movies, which the second one isn't too bad. Wait, <sighs> wait. Did you say the second one? Isn't too bad. Yes, Eskim- they, they made two. You, you, oh, I know, I know. You, you like the second one? I didn't say I like the second one. I said it's not too bad. Okay, okay. The, well, I mean, the second one... Okay, I, I can talk about this. I, I don't mind. The The second one has some really great things they've done with the Ghost Rider. If if if, if it was the movie, if you just cut out the, uh, the Nick Cage parts, it'd be a great movie. Uh, the Ghost Rider does some neat ghost tricks because he is, of course, a, a ghost. And then, right. the, but there's a scene, and this has been a thing in the comics, where if he if he takes over a vehicle, it becomes a demonic form of that vehicle. He, he as him driving, he right. does that twice in the movie. There's a truck that he throws the guy out and starts driving, and of course it becomes flames with flame tires and everything. But then he gets in a gigantic earth excavator they use at mining <laughs> sites. And the whole thing becomes a hell-powered excavator, which is amazing. If you only watch that movie for that scene, I will champion that. It is great. Okay, okay, I'll give you that. But like I said, I am am biased up one wall and down the other, so don't take my opinion. That's right. So it appears we have hit Justice League mania, as I put earlier. (laughs) Everything... They they are pushing this. I mean, if they must really believe in what they've changed, because this week the news was just flooded with Justice League set pictures of this, of this, of this, uh, announcements from this person and this person, updates on who's playing this character and what role is this person going to play. I mean... I don't know about you, but I have, I'm, you know, I have several likes on my Facebook page, and when I'm scrolling through, I bet I seen the Justice League mentioned at least a dozen times throughout my feed this week. Yeah, and the article I read, which isn't the same one you pulled up, was that they were um, all of a bunch of critics were 
invited to the set, and they were not embargoed. This is very important. I mean, this happens all the time. People get invites to the set. Harry Knowles, the guys over at uh, 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 Hollywood Reporter, Superhero Hype, they get to do on-set reviews, but they are embargoed until a certain time. Most of the time, after the movie's done, and they, they go ahead and let them loose. This is kind of unprecedented. They did not embargo anybody. They brought them onto the set, allowed them to take some pictures, allowed them to see some scenes, and talk about the scenes. Now, of course, this is all part of DC doing damage control from the uh, lackluster performance of Batman v Superman, at which that's just my opinion, but, I mean, it's very obvious what's going on, and... I think it's actually a smart move for DC to do. I mean, they they can see that they've they've done something wrong, and for them to make this kind of effort, I think, is a step in the right direction. Oh, absolutely. I mean, th- you have to do damage control very quick, and you and when you make the commitment to bring forth your product again, you have to be confident in it, and this is about as confident as it gets. Hey, come see what we have. This is what we have. This is what we're doing. Tell your friends about it. Take pictures of it. Do this because you're about to see some good movies. I mean, that's basically what they did. They've let everybody see the pictures. Everything looks really well done. Every All the pictures I've seen, the Batmobile looks awesome. Everything looks good, but a lot of things look good on the outside. It's all about the story. Let, let's see if they can live up to that. So, you know, they, they have to be confident in what they're doing. Let, let's hope that it turns out good because, uh, you know, as much as everybody gives DC a hard time, I, I want them to succeed. I mean, Su- Superman is one of my favorite characters. I know a lot of people are like, he's OP and everybody likes Superman. Well, everybody does like Superman, including me. I like Superman, so... I hope it does good, and I wish it, wish them the best, and I'll, I'll probably be watching them, you know? Right. Moving on to our next article, it looks like Rogue One has released some details about the characters. Of course, we knew about Felicity Jones' character, Jen Erso, but they have released some information on a next the next few characters, and Alan Tudyk is playing a character called... K2SO, which is a android. He is described as the antithesis of C3PO. Which, uh, really? Yeah. It says uh, K2 is a little bit like Chewbacca's personality in a droid's body. He doesn't give a boop about what you think, and he, he doesn't fully check himself before he says things and does things. He just speaks the truth. Sounds kind of funny. Uh, Alan Tudyk does some great voice impressions. I- I'm good with him. Uh, Mads Mikkelsen is uh, Jen's father. He's kind of a, he's described as kind of the Alan Oppenheimer of the Star Wars universe, which is kind of interesting. I like that. If nobody knows who that is, that's the creator of the, uh, the father of the nuclear bomb. Donnie Yen's character, of course, if you don't know who Donnie Yen is, you need to watch some uh, uh, recent uh, Kung Fu movies. Uh, he's a wonderful martial artist. His character is Churit or Chirrut Imway, and he is a, not a Jedi, but he is like a Jedi 
monk. He aspires to be a Jedi and believes in their ways, but he does not have the Force. That sounds awesome. That's kind of his story. And uh, it was just recently released, not in this article, but Forrest Whitaker's character is actually a character from uh, the Clone Wars. I don't have the name in front of me, but it was confirmed after this article came out that he was playing the character in the Clone Wars, uh, which is not for the first time uh, the Clone Wars has been brought into the current Star Wars universe. Like, whenever, whenever Disney bought Star Wars, we were told everything in the EU is out. So everybody thought that the Clone Wars was uh, non-canon and was up in arms. But recently in the newest uh, uh, Rebels, which is a great show from what I've seen. I haven't watched all of it, but I've seen a few episodes. Uh, they brought in some of the characters from uh, Clone Wars, which I thought was really great. And, and that brings that entire great story into the current universe. So... Uh, really happy that there's some more more love is being paid to that show. Absolutely. Now, here's the thing that I know we've heard before. We've we've heard it multiple times, and I know you've you've spoke about this and told me about it. That hey, this is gonna happen, blah blah blah. But Marvel and Fox are talking again. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, I, I read the article, and like I said, I mean, this this article reports the same thing me and you sit here and talk about. I mean, just, oh, Fox and Marvel may look at doing something after the success of Spider-Man. And, yeah, like, every guy on the street knows this. I mean, I think it's non-news, but it's an article, and it's out there. Well, I'll tell you what. I, had, uh, I, I haven't updated the link here, but I was reading... That uh, you know how you'll you'll get the link hopping. I clicked on this link and I was reading about this, and then I got to, I just typed in Marvel and Fox talks into Google, and uh, this isn't on our show notes or anything, but I'd read that basically the rumor is what they want is they want Wolverine so that when they bring the Hulk back, they can do a Hulk 181. Well, I think I think if they were going to do that, that they'd introduce a new Wolverine at that point. <coughs> They wouldn't have Hugh Jackman. I mean, they that that would be the point. They go, all right, let's reset, <laughs> because Hugh Jackman has stated he's not right. Be around right. Oh, oh, I agree. I agree. But you still need the rights to Wolverine, correct? I mean, you're yeah, you're not yeah. really getting the rights to Hugh Jackman. You're getting the rights to Wolverine. But that would be awesome to see a Hulk 181 on screen, would it not? Yeah. Now, there are a few ladies out there that would love the rights to Hugh Jackman. I'm I'm just telling you that right now. Yes, there there probably are some. I mean, if I... If, uh, oh, man, I tell you, the list is getting shorter. Uh, on a side note of a funny thing that happened this weekend, I know, or this week, I know you're not big on YouTube, uh, so have you ever, do you ever watch Watch Mojo videos? I've seen a couple through clickbait and stuff like that. I I don't really scour YouTube. You're the you're the YouTube guru, so right. They do they it. do uh they do five daily videos of top ten. Um, you know they do top ten. Like I believe I watched one this morning. Top ten turning points for superheroes in comic books. I mean they get some really precise top tens. And I've been watching for years. I've been one of their subscribers. And we're talking this channel has 13 million subscribers, give or take. It, it's quite a big channel. 
And the other night, my wife and I click on to watch our daily watch mojo videos, and the title of every video is Hacked by Obnoxious and Peen. And sure enough, I go on Twitter, I go on Reddit, they're going nuts. They have been hacked. They hacked their Facebook, they hacked their Twitter, they hacked their channel. And I believe, from what I can tell, because I kept looking to see, hey, when's it going to swap back? When is everything going to get under control? It really took about 12 hours to get everything back under their control. And I just think that was, that's some funny hacking, okay? I know, yes, they invaded somebody's privacy. But you know what? They weren't harmful. They didn't destroy the product. They just put the title on everything and took over a couple of social media things. That's funny hacking to me. I mean, you know, that probably took a lot of time, a lot of uh, work to put together all that to do it in a short amount of time. I'm no hacker, so I don't really know, but it seems like it would to me. And that I found it quite humorous. Or are you? That's right. You will never know. <laughs> we are anonymous. We are legion. Um, I wish. A <laughs> couple things I got. Doctor Strange, Mad Mick, Mads Mickelson. We mentioned him earlier in the Star Wars article. His character is unknown. May have just been named in a toy uh, release. Uh, looked like, I think Diamond Select had the toys for the movie, and they called the character K-Cleus, which is a minor uh, Doctor Strange villain that was a that was a like a disciple of Baron Mordo, which they're thinking that he that might be his name, and that's that's just rumor. That's not confirmed. Um, I just want to see the movie. I don't care what his name is. Just give that to me. Um, and right. Next up, related. Oh, right. Sorry. Go ahead. Oh no, go ahead. I was just gonna say you you had the defenders. The defenders might face hell. That is correct. This is a rumor that I really do like because I we had, I think we may have tried to hash this out in another episode, but we were thinking like who are the defenders going to fight? And this came up saying the defenders may fight Mephisto. Mephisto is Marvel's version of the devil. Really, um, he's responsible for several things in the Marvel universe, like. Uh, the binding of the Spirit of Vengeance to uh, Johnny Blaze, or the binding of Zarathos to Johnny Blaze. He's been responsible for being... He's been in the a great run of the Daredevil, Daredevil comics as an adversary to Daredevil, which... How does Daredevil fight uh, uh, the devil? Which it plays into his Catholic roots, and the Inhumans are involved in that story, and it's really good. It's It's really good. And, and, of course, he was also a huge character in the Infinity Gauntlet um, in the run-up to that. Uh, he was also played by uh, Peter Fonda in the Ghost Rider movie, which he's already been in a movie, uh, the, the character name-checked. And, of course, uh, another guy played him in the second Ghost Rider movie, but he wasn't name-checked in that one. Uh, and I, I'm excited for this. I really, really would like to see how they... I mean, how does how does any character fight the devil? But this would be kind of interesting, I think. Oh, it it would be awesome because I mean, we are talking about the devil of hell's kitchen. So why not the devil of hell's kitchen fighting the devil? Right, and and overall uh, playing off that Matt is of course Catholic. You could play that off as the Exorcist kind of thing. You can pull from there and and several great movies uh, that involve that. 
and I'm really excited for that. And speak speaking of Daredevil, I I have to get to my comics, man. I I'm so pumped. Like I said earlier, I I went to the comic book store and I may have went a little haywire. If if I could tell you what what I found and, and get your reply on maybe some some good things, maybe maybe I did good. I uh, I picked up Daredevil one eighty seven. It uh, is the first appearance of the new Black Widow. I haven't read that yet, so I'm not sure if this is Natasha Romanov or maybe. Uh, I didn't know there were multiple Black Widows. That I haven't read enough, honestly, to know that. Yep, I think it's the new costume, the I, new costume for the Black Widow, which is the uh, uh, costume we know now as the Black Widow's costume. I also picked up Daredevil one fifty one, which is uh, where he first reveals his uh, identity to Heather, and uh, I haven't read either of those yet. Also, I went in and I was planning on picking up a Deadpool 29 so that when we come up in the next couple of weeks, we're going to the Friendly Neighborhood Comic Expo in Paragool, Arkansas. Give them a shout right there because this looks like a good show. I was picking up this comic because the art in this was done by John Lucas. Uh, Through research, I found out that John lives in Searcy. And so he's local for us now. And uh, I went and picked this up so that he could sign it at the con. I went to pick up 29, and they had 31 and 32 side by side. Now, I noticed when I picked them up that, yeah, there was some scribbling on them. Okay, but it's Deadpool. I mean, it's Deadpool. So you never know. Hey, is and one of them has a Deadpool reading a Deadpool comic on the cover. So you never know when there's a signature on something. Maybe Deadpool's just messing with me. Yeah, now that was the so I go cover, out. correct? The, the, the regular cover is the, the old family portrait with the, the X's over the family, correct? Now, now that's on 29. The, uh, the Deadpool reading, the Deadpool comic is 32. Oh, okay. Um, also, I, I do have the variant cover coming for 29 because I plan on getting them both signed. I found the other one online and purchased it. So I'm going to have both 29s, the original Mass Populous uh, print and the variant cover one. As I go to check out, I mentioned to the gentleman, uh, like I said, at Kapow Comics, I had such a good time talking to the guy. I'm like, hey... I'm going uh, to the Friendly Comic Friendly Neighborhood Comic Expo, and I, I plan on getting these signed by John. And he goes, yeah, yeah. He goes, I, I've talked with him numerous times. Oh, by the way, did do you know the other two comics you picked up have already been signed by John? I was like, so that's John's signature? And he's like, yeah, yeah. He came in here one day, and in the middle of conversation, he just picks up a pen and goes around and starts signing all of his old comics, puts them right back in the bargain bin where they are, and goes, hey, they'll find a few Easter eggs for some customers. So I already have two of the comics from the original Sin uh, storyline signed by John Lucas. I'm very pumped. And if you only knew, I paid very... I paid, I paid cover price for these almost. Nice. 
just just slightly more than cover price. Uh, and I, I'm really excited for that. Um, I know I know you said you had some. Uh, you you didn't do much comics this week. Well, trust me, I must have picked up the slack for you, my friend. I have also read uh, two new ones uh, for full review that are new comics this week. Uh, the first one was the pick of our friend Sean Caspian, of course, from YouTube. If you go to YouTube, check out Sean Caspian. Give him a like, a thumbs up, a s- subscribe. Let him know that his new comic book day videos are really awesome to keep you on track, let you know what's coming out. Like I've said, he usually has them published and up by my lunchtime, so I'm able to look at them. And on my way home from work, pick up the new comics. And this week's pick was Deadpool versus Gambit. This was an awesome comic. I literally laughed out loud multiple times, enough to the point that uh, my son was sleeping and my wife had to be like, what is so funny? You're going to wake the baby. And I'm like, I'm sorry. It's Deadpool. It It is nonstop fun from the get-go. Uh, you may see <clears throat> cameo of Daredevil and Spider-Man. I'm not going to give anything away, but they are... It's seriously one of the funniest comics I've read in a long time. Deadpool v. Gambit, number one. Pick it up. Check it out. Excellent comic. And I already told Sean on Twitter, I was like, thanks for this pick. Because I don't know if I would have picked it up. Uh, I more than likely would have. Because I love Deadpool. And it was a great comic. The other one that I read, Justice League number 52. The front cover has Lex Luthor wearing uh, his metallic body armor suit that we all know he wears. Except he has a bright glowing Superman symbol on the front. And the cover says, Meet the New Man of Steel. Okay, so I don't know where, what exactly has taken place leading up to this. I know Superman, this takes place, I believe, prior to Action Comics 957, which sets up the Rebirth series. So this is actually connecting the points of Rebirth and... uh, the other Superman world. Now, this Lex Luthor has obviously uh, been on Apocalypse. Uh, he's been fighting there where he won. Uh, I believe we all... Uh, what, what series was that where they all got sucked into Apocalypse and uh, they took Superman, all the... Oh, I cannot think of what that was called. It was a Justice League series. I cannot think of it. Anyway, Lex Luthor's been on Apocalypse, and he comes back, and he is super powerful. Uh, oh, was it the, uh, the the Dark Side War? Yes, the Dark Side War. Thank you very much. God, that was going to bother me. Anyway, he comes back. He's powerful. Well, he comes back, and Superman's dead, and uh, he doesn't have the response we think he will. Uh, they have a memorial set up. I, I'm really giving a lot of weight on this comic, but 
it was a really good comic. I really enjoyed it. It's a ninety percent of this comic is read in Lex Luthor's head. It, it's him speaking to the panel. You're you're just reading board after board of you know what Lex is thinking. There there's definitely some conversation that goes on, but uh, we we may have a new Superman on our hands. And uh, Lex doesn't seem to know that the other Superman exists yet, as in the Superman who was killed by Doomsday that has returned. Uh, Lex doesn't know of his existence yet. And it, it was just a fun comic book uh, week. I I may have won a little haywire. I may have bought a few things here and there, but I bought a bunch of fun comics, and I had a good time reading them. I worked a lot of hours last week, and yesterday I was able to sit down and binge some comics. Good times, good times. I I love being able to do this and use the podcast as my excuse for sitting down and reading comics. It's It's a good thing. Well, in lieu of comics this week, I'm going to talk about one of my favorite relate uh, book-related things that I own. Um, now, this is a Japanese art book, which are more common in Japan than they are over here. Um, the, they have art books for basically everything you can have. Like, uh, you're familiar with the visual works uh, of Gundam, which uh, you had... Uh, Scott McNeil signed that uh, actually I have with me that I've never returned. Um, in Japan, they did release a Transformers uh, art book. It's called Transformers Visual Works, and it is a compilation of the artwork of a certain studio called Studio Ox in Japan. And it's very, like, 70s anime, super robot, art collected. Uh, There's several uh, examples of just... uh, They have TV magazines that come out over there. And uh, a lot of this art is promotional art that was put into those magazines, which have been uh, put together for this art book. It's just amazing. You've probably never seen... Uh, Transformers done this way. I mean, it's like proper Japanese animation, anime looking. I mean, a lot of this stuff looks like it came out of an an anime, and it didn't. It's just promotional material that has been collected. Uh, there's several examples of like characters that have never been seen on American shores. Uh, promotional posters of like all the Autobot and Decepticon characters. Uh, just great scenes from like the movie or uh, just kind of fan stuff put together but it's all in in this classic Japanese animation style and it's just something beautiful to look at uh, it's a great coffee table book it's a great conversation piece and it, it has some different art styles in it when it runs up to the more current uh, Transformers media like, there's a, a shift in uh, focus on the artist whenever they move to uh, Generation 2 and up. They, they had a different guy, and I cannot remember his name. Uh, but his style of art is also included in here. Like, some examples, they have super deformed art, which is the uh, chibi art, which is becoming more popular in America now. The, small, the big heads and the small body kind of uh, 
um, art, and it's really fun. And I will put a I will put a picture in, and and uh, a link up on our Twitter feed or our Facebook feed, and you can see some examples of this stuff. Um, and that's that's my recommendation. If you find you can probably find it on eBay, you may be able to catch like an Amazon. Uh, you would probably pay a premium at this point. Uh, I got a, my copies. I actually have two copies. I've told the story once today, but uh, I had a hardback whenever it first came out, and it got disappeared for months, maybe even a year. So I went ahead and bucked up and, and bought. I no, could no longer get the hardback, so I had to buy the paperback version, which is exactly the same except for the, you know, of course, being a hardback. And come to find out, my wife had used the hardback to raise something on a shelf above the refrigerator so she could have some plant or something higher. God bless her. So, But I end up having wow. two copies of it now, so I'm fine so with that. It, it is in good condition after yes, being yes. a level, it, correct? It only had dust on it, so I was very okay. happy to, All right. to see that again. <laughs> well, my friend... I think it's time that we let those people that are not caught up on Game of Thrones ha say say a good day to them, you know, because me and you have been saying we're going to get caught up on Game of Thrones. I am caught up on Game of Thrones. Oh, and so, I think what, we need to we it, it is it it is mere 30 minutes away from the finale premiering. Uh, if you're not caught up on Game of Thrones right now, please follow us on Twitter at NotSoSouthernGs. Give our Facebook a like. We are, look, this week, this week, if you listen to this this week, I want you to go to our Facebook page, please. Not so Southern Gentlemen, everybody's on Facebook. Give it a like. I want to try to hit 100 likes by the end of the week. That That's not too much to ask. We got 100 Twitter followers. So let's, let's get 100 Facebook likes. And let's see how that goes. See if we can do that. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, you want to tell us that we're doing a good job, you want to tell us that we're doing a bad job, you want to correct us on something that we got wrong, email us at notsosoutherngentlemen at gmail.com. Trust me, even if it's saying... Look, man, you don't know what you're talking about. I would gladly accept that. I just, I need some feedback. I need to know that people are hearing me. I hear you, man. What do you got? What, what, do, you, what do you got, man? At Ricky Westbrook on Twitter. And I'm at Maynard98 on Twitter. And for those of you who haven't watched Game of Thrones, get out of here. You're done. You're done. Out. But thank you for listening. All right. Now, let's get now, to it. Sean, so what you're telling me is you know who let the dogs out. Yes. And that would be Sansa Stark. So, let's let's we haven't had a Game of Thrones discussion proper about this season. So, where do you want to start? It it and here here we can just discuss what do we what do you think will occur tonight because uh, I, I'm not going to be able to watch it tonight. I will probably try to catch it tomorrow. Um, I, I'm on I, this is what's been on my mind. I, I believe Cersei's about to blow up the city. 
King's Landing is about to become a fireball. So you think she has access to the uh, dragon? Oh, what's it called? Not the dra- is it dragon, dragon fire, fire? or gr- green green fire green, green fire shit. whatever that, that green shit. Uh, it, it's yes, yes, and we have seen it before. Yeah, we've yeah, seen and it that in was the Battle placed of, there uh, by Blackwater Bay. The... Yes, we've seen it before. Yes. We've seen it in the Battle yes, of Blackwater is... Bay. We saw it this season in a flashback uh, from one of Brand's uh, warging. We saw the Mad King and Jamie kill him, and we saw uh, uh, Dragonfire going off. Now, which is kind of odd because the Dragonfire did not actually go off whenever the King... Uh, if, if you're not aware of the lore, of course, the Mad King, uh, which... Jamie stated really early in the series to um, uh, Brienne uh, that the Mad King was wanting to, he saw he was losing, he put out the command to burn everything. Burn the city, burn the Red Keep, burn the people, everything. Uh, and and uh, he ordered Jamie to bring his father's head to him, which Jamie uh, summarily stabbed him in the back and slit his throat. So... Uh, and we've seen those things, but now the Dragonfire was never released. But in that sequence, we did see Dragonfire going off underneath the city. So what you're telling me is right. we may possible, possibly get some Dragonfire. Right, and I, I know it's not called Dragonfire, and you know it's not called Dragonfire. Uh, you, you can correct us via Twitter. Please do so. I, I just did not take notes on what it was called. Um I, I I think, man, I just enjoyed coming, just working my way up through there. There's some such good stuff on the way up to this season finale. Like, we have seen multiple times Daenerys is, oh, Daenerys put the Masters in their place. Oh, my God, did she put them in their place. Yeah, um, you know. I'm only going to kill one of you. That was great. Oh yeah, and and then and then the one that kneels, man. Here comes Grey Worm with a nice little double throat slit. That was awesome. Yeah, and the dragons. I mean, you could have ended the series with the dragons right there, and every, I think everybody would have been fine. Uh, you know, the most recent episode, the Battle of the Bastards, and what's everybody's memory? It's one of the best episodes they've ever showed. I say we just go over that. I mean, man, was that a great episode. And, and here's here's my thing about that. There is very few times in life that you get this feeling. And the feeling I got was that feeling right whenever everything's closing in, John looks around, you know, everything's going wrong, and you're thinking, oh, God, this is George R. R. Martin. I don't know what's going to happen here. Oh yeah, yeah. That's you're like. So this, this is it. He's really gonna do this. This George R. R. Martin is going to kill off. Holy crap! There's Littlefinger. Oh my goodness! Not the guy you really want to see, but you're so glad to see him. Yes, that uh, that moment was uh, exhilarating. Um, so so happy still not happy to see that guy but i guess but uh the way that played out 
man. And now people have mentioned this. Um, and but the guy, the producer addressed it at the end of the show. So, I mean, I don't think it's that big of a deal. But John seemed a little lucky in that battle. And uh, the producer went and, went and explained that that's why he got buried also was because they didn't want him to seem supernaturally lucky because he's not. And they stated that openly. Like it's just, they wanted to portray that that's how a medieval battle is. Surviving it is almost sheer luck. You know, there are bodies and swords and horses. That was just so horrible, man. It was so horrible. Just all the blood, all the gore guts hanging out of people. They're just piles a pile of dead bodies, like so many bodies, just piled on top of each other. Right. It, it just kept building. You're like, holy crap, this is unreal. I would love to know exactly how many extras were used for that scene. And also, just the, the end of that show was so satisfying. I mean, it started whenever uh, John uh, was staring down Ramsey and just came at him took all three arrows, didn't give up, flying flip, and just went after him. That was great. Oh, yeah. He beat teeth out of his face. No problem whatsoever. And he just kept going, too. He was like, hey, take a breath. Nope, we're not done yet. I got more left in me. I did, <laughs> Man, I, that had to be so satisfying. Yeah, I did at the time. I got hung up on the fact that John stopped when he looked at Sansa. Um, you know, and whenever Sansa, you know, ended the episode with her, her, uh, feeding, uh, you know, that's inspired the, the picture of a little kid dumping the whole, uh, bag of dog food out after yes. watching, after watching yes. Battle of the Bastards and you have the kid just pouring the dog food everywhere. Which, um, and then at the end, at the, uh, explanation, if you, if you have HBO now or go and they have a little thing after where they talk about, the episode, and they did explain that John's thinking at that point was, he's not mine to kill, he's hers. That, if I thought about that at the time, would have been perfect. But at the time, I was like, that's... kill him! Don't stop! No, no, no. See, see that, that's what I picked up on, is that's the reason he stopped. It's like, he's beating away, and he's, I, I'm thinking, man, he's going to kill him. And all of a sudden, he stops, and he's like, this ain't my kill. This ain't my kill. This is her kill. This is hers. I gotta, I gotta leave a little for my sister, you know? I mean... That she deserved that one. Yeah, that was awesome. Yeah, but I mean, at the same time, you know, John's got some pent up rage. <laughs> I mean, he he's got some issues well, going he's on. He's had a he's had a rough day. He's had a yeah. rough he's had a rough few months. You know, being at. dead and all. Yeah, man, it was so good. Uh oh, did you happen to catch when uh okay when you see Rickon? And John hops on his horse and starts running. Do you see that Valerian rubber? Damn it, I was going to send it to you. Yeah, I, a day of, I sent that to one of my coworkers, and, and she liked to have fell out of her chair. The Valerian rubber. His sword is just flopping all over the place. That's so funny. Hey, I didn't, uh, I didn't catch it live, so it's fine. I... I'm telling you, man, it, it's just so good. It was so much fun. <sighs> Jamie and Brienne, man. Do you, do you notice it, if when they're standing there in the tent, I swear her bottom lip quivers just a little before she just looks away and walks out of the tent. I, I feel bad for them. They're stuck on 
I, opposite sides, and uh, it, it's not even the fact that I think they uh, love each other such as a way, you know, as uh, not a, not in a sexual tension, uh, not not nothing like that. I, I think they respect each other, and they are that good of friends that you know she's female, he's male. Their their friendship is definitely different than most, but there's some there's some feelings there. And uh, wa- watching them not being able to, you know, hang out and be friends, it- it's got to be rough on them because they are good friends. They're just stuck on opposite ends of a war. That's always been one of my, like I mentioned earlier, you got that whole Jamie story of being the uh, a Kingslayer was between him and Brienne. And that's that's a really great point in the series. And Jamie, even though is one of the characters you should hate, you kind of understand, I mean, at at the core of his character, I mean, he's doing these horrible things with his sister, you know, but his core of his character is he truly, he truly loves her. And he truly has honor. He truly loved his family. He, he, he killed the Mad King to save his father and his, and his, his kingman, kinsman's life. Breaking his oath, of course, but I mean that's that's the major conflict. Which do you choose? Do you choose your oath and honor, or do you choose your family? Which, of course, uh, it was stated by Tywin several several times in the series that family was the most important thing, for the wrong reasons, of course, because he wanted you know the prestige and the honor of the family right. name, not because he loved his children. Right. Uh, you, you you notice what you just said is the opposite of Brienne. When you were saying that, I was sitting there thinking, when it comes to choosing honor or family, Jamie chose family. Yeah, and that's... Brienne will always choose honor. Right, and that's why they play off each other so well is because they're almost uh, the same side of the same coin. They're like a a two-sided coin that has the same face, but one's, you know, one's scratched a little where the other one isn't, like, uh... Yeah. But, um... I do think that Jamie is one of the most enjoyable characters on the show by, because of depth of character. Now, of course, my favorite character is going to be his brother. Uh, Tyrion. Tyrion, you know. Tyrion's the man. Peter Dinklage is doing such an amazing job. I mean, let, let's be honest. I mean, when you see a little person, I mean, you notice... Their little person. When I look on that TV and see Tyrion, I I just I just see Tyrion. I don't see Peter Dinklage. I don't see a little person. I see my favorite character in in fantasy media. And Absolutely. He's doing such an amazing job, and when and deserves all the accolades he gets. Not because he's a little person. Uh, doing this job because he is an amazing actor. And if you look back over his scope of his work, he has put in the time and and the and the hard work to get where he is at. Um, Absolutely. Now, um, the other characters, you know, where do I land on Arya? Where do I land on uh, um, Daenerys? I'm, I'm a huge Arya. I'm a huge Arya fan. Uh, I'm kind of sad to see her storyline with uh, the Faceless God uh, end. But, man, what a way to end, you know? I mean, 
you you want to know who was you know it was was it you that actually said that to me yesterday was who was being tested you know was was it her test what, was, was it, it the wife's uh, test yes right right who I don't know uh, obviously the wife lost good because I didn't like that girl but man Arya is uh she's a little jacked up right now I know. It seemed like she had her composure when uh, she was standing there with her sword to who, Jacquin. Is that his name? That, that's what we call we know yeah, him yeah. as Jacquin. You know, she had her sword to her his throat, and uh, you know she seemed a little composed. But she's got several stomach wounds. She's got to have a couple of horribly, horribly rolled ankles possibly some broken ribs i mean she's a little on the rough side and what i don't understand is uh does she still have her gold with her and she missed she had to miss that boat right i'm not sure right exactly i mean we we don't know whether she missed her boat during the with game of thrones time you never know i mean for all we know, she could have made that deal with that guy early in the morning and then said the next morning and then had her run in. But it seemed like uh, she was with that, that actress lady at least a couple of days, you know, after the milk of the poppy drink and everything. So I don't know. Here's uh we were hashing out theories uh, at work the other day and we came up with, or I came up with, uh, what if Daenerys gets the Iron Throne, but she goes mad, and <laughs> and Tyrion's the one that has to slit her throat, and George R. R. Martin brings this awful circle, and everybody just got mad at me and shut up, so. I was like, but it's George R. R. Martin who can funny. do this. That is funny. Man, I'm telling you this, it's getting late. I uh, need to go take care of a few things. We are running Thank you for hanging around and talking and, 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 and talking Game of Thrones with me. Uh, I'm so glad we were able to do this. I hope we covered some stuff that's interesting to the people that are hanging around after this for the Game of Thrones chat. Uh, once again, just a quick outro. Uh, I'm Sean Thomas. You can find me at Maynard98 at Twitter. You can find me at Ricky Westbrook on Twitter. And please and, visit the Facebook page. Just search Not So Southern Gentlemen. Right. Give it a thumbs up. Give it the old like button. And let's see if we can uh, we can hit a hundo by the end of this week. Tell a friend. You know, listen. If you listen to this, I, I see how many listens we get a week. If you listen to it, just turn around. I'm sure you've got a friend that listens to podcasts or something. Tell them to give it a listen uh, and give us some feedback. We appreciate you listening. Thank you very much. For Not So Southern Gentlemen, I'm Sean Thomas. And I'm Ricky Westbrook. Oh, you caught me. I screwed up. <laughs> That's it. We're out. Have a good day.